Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. All right, Chris, here we are, another episode. Great to be here with you. Glad to be here with you. You know, before the show, we, were, we had a dynamic conversation. Uh, I hope we can capture the energy in this episode. Um, with your permission, I'm going to kick it off, set the stage, and let you riff. Yeah, I'll try to, to do it. My One of my kids stole one of my vitamin waters, but I'm, <laughs> I'm here. No. <laughs> You got it, man. You can push through, no doubt. Um, well, so we were talking about one of the core components of our um, offerings, one of the tools that we use to help leaders transform their teams. Uh, and it's something that we think about uh, in the context of winning habits, developing winning habits. And we have a tool called the KISS list that helps people capture adjustments that they want to make to their habits. And so we think about winning habits as those behaviors that um, when we repeat them over and over again, they become rote for us. They get us closer to our goal. They get us there faster mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. challenge the things that, um, you know, that block us. And we all have those elements that block us and make the road more difficult, make it take longer have it have more de detours than it needs to, right? None of us are perfect mm -hmm. or ideal. We all deal with that every day. But uh, winning habits are structured in three three disciplines, right? Mindset, skill set, tool set. If I uh, want to share a tool set with my team, and we're thinking about, again, empowering leaders to activate a team, right? So we can think about tools, but tools are going to be less valuable unless I have the skills uh, to make them work. Skills, however, are tough to tough to come by, and they're only really able to be developed if my mind or my mindset allows me to, sets me up to, allows me to believe that this skill is possible for mm. me to learn and will even do the job that it says it will do. And so, so many of us, before we even before we even get to the tool set and even get to that skill set, we have a mindset shift that we have to make. And I loved your take uh, on this. I'd love to hand it over to you and kind of help me understand, help the audience understand um, at a deeper level, the connection between these three. Yeah. Well, I love the distinction. So we can picture winning habits, these three pieces, mindset, skill set, tool set, like a tree. And uh, the tool set is the fruit. The trunk is the skill set. This is the visible part above the earth. So this is what people focus on, right? People are obsessed with upskilling, as it's called, building new skills, whatever. Uh, then they also get obsessed with the tools, right? You think about all the businesses that are built around the tools. 
But yet we still find over and over and over the tool does not transform the person. The skill does not transform the person. Uh, oftentimes they can only go so far in how adaptive and fluid they are in learning skills. They're only so resourceful with the effectiveness and efficiency with which they use tools. Why? Because they are forgetting this. You cannot renew the fruit without transforming the root. It's root before fruit. So the invisible part of the tree, this massive root system that if you could flip it and see it would be as big as the tree that's visible is the mindset piece. And because it's underneath the surface, it gets skipped over by everyone. Uh, it, it isn't thought about. It isn't appreciated at best. If people do talk about it, they, they have such a false misunderstanding of mindset that it is something that you hype yourself into, that you convince yourself of. It would be like being in a boat and the autopilot is set for north and you take the wheel and you turn it south and you're like headed to the Caribbean. <laughs> but when you get tired and, and fall asleep and let go, that wheel is going to spin back to the north because the autopilot is for north. You're going to go back to the north when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're tired, as they say in the recovery movement, whatever. When your willpower isn't at its best, you're, you can't fight against that root system. Does that mean we just give up? Does that mean we just acquiesce? No, that's where all the potential for transformation lies. So it's really fun to dive into this with people because once the light bulbs start clicking on, they start seeing, oh my gosh. It is the deep root work, the mindset work, where all of what I can do to see the false limitations on my life removed. Um, if I'm trying to explain this to a group of people, let's imagine there's a group of sales leaders in the room. It's really easy just to start it off with something that's a human aspect for all of us, conflict, misunderstanding. You know, My wife and I could be talking about something that our daughter is going to do. My mindset is about achievement, performance, becoming. So I might think, wow, she really needs to do this. This is a part of her becoming. And I could be wrong or right. My wife's mindset is going to be about safety and protection. Is she ready for this? And she could be right or wrong. Without the awareness of how much mindset's at work, we each can be having a conversation, but it's like we're reading from two completely different movie scripts. I'm taking a walk in the park. Birds are landing on my shoulder, chirping at me, sun's shining. She's in a kitchen and somebody's coming around the fridge and enemies broken in with a knife, you know, and, and what we want to help people realize and understand and experience really is that we all have a root system at work. And while there's some patterns, we're going to get into that in a second. Your root system is different than my root system. My root system is my root system. And I have to know where is my mindset activated and healthy and doing well? And where is it off, rotting, corrupted, broken, holding me back? Right, right. Dude, I keep going, but. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all, it's, it's, I love the analogy of really helpful thinking, uh, and in terms of the tree, 
because yeah, it is that hidden component. And uh, there's a level of vulnerability that has to exist, I would imagine, for anyone to want to kind of look below the surface. Uh, what's your experience when you introduce this concept of folks cold? Uh, how do they respond and how do you help them you know, achieve that level of vulnerability and willingness to kind of take that look? Yeah. You know, story and humor, and then I'm going to use a word, but story and humor, you know, one of them, it's funny to think about, but like Michael Scott in the office, there's a scene where the CFO is testifying in a deposition and that CFO was asked about recommending Michael Scott for the job. He's like, no, I wouldn't recommend him. He's my friend, but he's inept. And the next scene you see Michael Scott reaching out to him or, or about to approach him. And you're like, what's going to happen? Cause Michael's going to be so angry. And he reaches his hand out and he's like, you're my friend too. <laughs> Most of us don't have the mind of Michael Scott where we falsely distort all reality into the ways that we see ourselves built up. Instead, most people are doing the opposite of that, falsely taking negative from everything around them. But either way, whether it's the positive or the negative, here's the key word, identity. Identity is a, is a, is a big word. It's hard to get your mind around, but really identity could be expressed this way. How you give shape and meaning to your life, to your reality, to your experience. And identity is the root. Identity is the part underneath the surface and it's shaping everything. And we skip over it. We get right into the trunk. You know, this is what I do. We get right into the fruit of the tree. These are my relationships. And we so often skip over who we are until you hit some kind of identity crisis. So, you know, oftentimes with a group of sales leaders, you'll have somebody in the room who was an amazing athlete but then had an injury and they literally had to start realizing a different identity than the one that they had because I was a division one basketball player. I blew out my knee. Now who am I? Right. right. Because they only knew the trunk, the roles they fulfilled. They never got deep awareness on the root, the identity. So a, a way that people can wake up to this is to start seeing how losing in a very painful way, causes us to wake up to what we've skipped. Also, and you and I know this with our stories, success can do the same. You can reach pinnacles of success and still feel a sense of emptiness. You could hit all the targets and still feel a sense of void. Why? Because you've skipped over identity. And so what most people are doing, and this has been shown in the research, there's a term in psychology called identity foreclosure, where basically you're just locked in. And because of a false understanding of your root system, you have a limiting belief now. And that limiting belief causes a repetitive pattern in your life. Got it. That pattern could be any number of things. We can get into it specifically, but that's the idea. Well, it's, it's, it sounds like you're saying, though, that you know you can't diagnose this by failure or success, because you can be succeeding or be viewed as succeeding from the outside because of that 
self-limiting beliefs. So for example, in sales, we have a lot of folks that kill their number every, every month. But my sense is they're probably, they, they could be driven by the same thing I'm driven by since I have taken the assessment and I understand my identity fear is wrapped around performance, right? For me, my performance equals my worth. And that tells the story of the first 15 years of my sales career. Uh, and I'm now rewriting the second 15 uh, and beyond. But this idea of uh, achieving great success, but having it driven by um, a limiting belief that I didn't understand actually made me look successful on the outside, but I was really uh, building layer and layer and layer of um, dysfunction for me personally that ultimately in 2004 ended in, uh, you know, it could, I could no longer hide it. And it came to fruition through some physical challenges that I had. Uh, so it's not something we can diagnose by virtue of whether or not we're successful. It's something deeper than that. Absolutely. You know, a good way to get a sense of the tool that we have, the the measurement that will show you what your identity fear is, is just to imagine uh, you're a part of a sales team. The sales leader comes in the room and she or he says, hey, what are we doing here? Third quarter numbers are way off. We're losing clients at the third part of our process. We got to get this figured out. Well, subconsciously, people don't realize this, they're hearing it through the filter of their mindset, their root system, their identity fear, and that causes the limiting belief. So they could hear it through the filter you're describing. So then they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to go harder. I'm going to prove to her why I am awesome. I'm going to get that validation. And it might be that you go out with a lot of energy but you're going to go down the wrong path or you're going to bury stress symptoms. They're going to show up later because you're not moving in a way that's true to your root system, your identity. You're trying to tie an orange to an apple tree. Somebody else could hear it in a way like, yep, I knew it. I get opportunities and then I screw it up. Again, this isn't happening at the conscious reality of their minds until we elucidate it, then they can't miss it. Um, uh, that's, that's part of whatever their identity fair might be. Somebody else might hear it and go, you know what? I, I never really fit in here. And I, it was just a matter of time. Right. So what's powerful is when you get locked in with precision and accuracy, what is that that is corrupting the root of who you are? That's the limiting belief and it's connected to your identity. Right. So the example you gave is a common example. The leader thinks she is motivating the team and it's having uh, as many effects on the team as there are human beings on the team, right? So for every individual, there could be a different way of interpreting that. And so while she feels like she's raising the banner and creating a unified call to action, <laughs> she's really making things even more problematic and creating issues under the under the surface that will eventually be seen just by virtue of the fact that you know we'll have it'll be harder to rally the troops right and we have expressions like herding cats for a reason right because as leaders we can do things that um, disrupt the harmony of the group even though we think uh, it's it's going to unify us yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and when it comes to moving people, you've got two dimensions and, and your language on this helped me so much. Um, 
the fixed and flexible parts of who we are. So everything we're describing is the flexible part of who you are. It's the work that can be done that makes you limitless in how much you can actually transform your mindset. And, and to the degree that you are insecure is to the degree that you can become transformed. <laughs> and everybody has insecurities. Fortune 100 executives, small business owner, everything in between, everybody, everybody, everybody. And if people are like, well, I don't really have any insecurities. It just means that there's more calcification between you, your reality, the root system, the truth of who you are and what's happening you know, at the fruit level. But this, this flexible part of who we are, we're limitless. Part of what makes leadership so difficult is so many of the assessments out there aren't measurements because they conflate the fixed and the flexible. They don't know how to parse out the limitless of your mindset with the limitation of your zone of genius and how you show up in the fixed part of your work. So I could say to you, my mindset is limitless. I'm going to, you know, our mutual friend, Brett, when he coached the NBA, I'm going to go try out and I'm going to be on an NBA team and I'm going to play basketball because I'm limitless. Mm -hmm. And when I go out there at a four, at 44 years old, a little bit of a dad stomach, I'm doing pretty good though, buddy. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, bald, all of my different equipment on for my ailing joints. And I, and I go out there and my mindset is limitless, but my genetics make yeah. or set up limitation. So what's really powerful is separating these two out unlocks you going as far as you can in your mindset. You transform literally who you are, your identity. You relax into that truth and you then also get zeroed in, focused yourself on genius. Hmm. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Yeah. So, so summarizing this idea of mindset, um, is reflective of the beliefs that we have. Um, and they can, those beliefs can influence the goals we set. So we can be limited, our goals that can be limited by our beliefs. We could be hiding. Our goals can allow us to hide. Our goals can allow us to overachieve. Uh, our belief system can affect the decisions we make, the actions we take. All of that is reflective of our core identity. And yeah. identity has two components. It sounds like a fixed and a flexible. Uh, the fixed component, the analogy here was back to genetics. And I want to get into what you, what you mean by that to something more specific. But there's a fixed component of our, of our identity that isn't going to change. There's a flexible part of our, component, our identity that we can change, we can develop. And that allows us to kind of think about us as limited, having limited potential. But to your point, just like our genetics for me, I'm never going to dunk like LeBron. I mean, I could, I can accept that, but can I accept that? I'm never going to build a business like, you know, like uh, Jeffrey Bezos, for example. I mean, the answer is yes. You know, I have a limitation created by as, as part of my identity that forms my identity. However, to your point, you, you didn't call it limitation. You called it my zone of genius, which I love. And so I can be limitless in the context of my zone of genius. Is that a fair summarization? Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I mean, and then the reality is if you did obsessively focus on building something, 
like an Amazon, like Jeff Bezos, um, you, you could build something if you've got the zone of genius to lead at an executive visionary capacity like that. And that is measurable. Um, and then if your mindset was either flawed enough to drive you to exhaustion or healthy enough that it was coming out of abundance, you really could. But here's the thing. When your root system, when, when you're aware of it, when you're connected to it, when it's not dysfunctional or, or leading to a rotting trunk, um, the, the way you show up in your roles, it's, it's more it's more authentic. You're true to who you are. Right. Like, I honestly would not want that. I don't want that press. I don't want that attention. I don't, there's nothing about any of that that I want. I know what I want and I am obsessive about it. It's what I think about all the time and what we're building out with the movement we have with our coaches and helping. I mean, getting a text from somebody this morning and going, man, what, what I felt in a practice that we teach, I don't have to explain what it is. They were just talking about how transformative it was. Well, that lights me up and it lights me up even more because that's a person who's coaching others. I'm obsessed with starting a movement. We're doing it. That goal is true to who I am. Right, 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 right. What? Yeah, you, you already said it perfectly. People could overreach. They can underreach. And when our becoming is before our goal setting, then we're doing the root work before we get distracted by the fruit work. Yeah. I love this. So you've just taken it to another level um, that I want to, I want to capture. And I, at least I think you have, and I'd like you to comment on it, but this, now this identity, we talk about vulnerability in terms of being acceptance of accepting of this root system that is hidden for a lot of us. And for many of us, we want it to remain hidden, but then there's this idea of authenticity um, are we doing what we are meant to be doing? In other words, have I, do I know my zone of genius? Am I, is my zone of genius enabled or empowered based on the work that I'm doing? Because there are so many things that pull us as human beings out of our zone of genius, like what people think we should be doing. Um, the fact that I think I should be making so much money. Well, I can't do that as an anthrop anthropologist. Well, that's my, that's where I want to be. Well, too bad. You've got responsibilities, you know, whatever story we tell ourselves, um, and whatever stories we allow the people to, uh, impose upon us, they can all influence whether or not we end up actually spending our lives, developing our limitless potential in our zone of genius. Absolutely. You, you know, and, and, but here's the thing, like the anthropologist example, which I love, you could as an anthropologist go, I'm going to dedicate myself to building the trunk, the skills of being a world-class teacher. I, I want to go on amazing digs, archaeology and study and figure out what's happening. And as an anthropologist, develop myself to the skill set of being an amazing teacher. And I am going to invest in myself and the tools, the fruit of the tree to make that happen. Okay. If that's coming from a healthy root system mindset, you could be, you could be the world's best anthropologist, teacher, professor, and make millions of dollars, textbook sales, 
video courses, whatever. There's so many ways to do that. What the key is, though, figuring out the fixed and flexible parts of who you are. The flexible part of who you are. Is that what you really want? Is there a false limitation? Are you hiding, right? Are you diminishing from that? Or is there approving? You're chasing something you don't really want. And that's what I spent my 20s doing. My worth was connected to the seating capacity of the room I was speaking to. And I realized I was chasing something I didn't really want. Mm -hmm. So this, this flexible part of who you are, but the fixed part of who you are, looking at what does it look like for you to show up in a role work-wise that is the overflow of who you are into that trunk that is not you trying to fit yourself into something right. that isn't who you are. And I'll tell you the first time we took you and I and our part and Brett, our partner took the assessment that helped us understand the fixed component of who we were, the light bulb went off. We, each of us were able to identify our zone of genius instantly. And each of us saw the puzzle that we had just by virtue of the fact of that circumstances brought us together, the puzzle that we completed the three of us, because we all, Mm -hmm. uh, we all connected really well. We all brought something different to the table that made this team work, but it also showed us the other missing pieces of the puzzle that allowed us to uh, continue to understand that the business we were building, the, the movement we were building required other folks. And it kept us looking for those other folks who we are, who we continue to add. So I, I remember that moment um, so vividly. Uh, and I, I, you know, making sure other folks have that experience, I think would be, you know, is, is obviously part of our mission, but it was just profound. And I'll tell you what, man, what, what that meant for me was I could relax. I could Mm. stop asking the question, am I on the right track? Am I doing the right thing? Am I working with the right people? Is this going to work out? I I could see, you know, yes, you are where you're supposed to be. Now there's, Mm. it was by a test didn't have to tell me that I felt it, but I could stop questioning. Um, I could also, along with you and Brett, I could adjust. We could pay attention Mm. to the data, adjust and even and fine tune the fit, which made it even more exciting. I love it. I mean, it's exactly like you said, it's like cracking the code on the puzzle. Mm. Um, I I feel like I'm, I can't get over two realities and these two realities exist under something I've already expressed. Most developmental training and awareness is completely flawed because it conflates the fixed and flexible parts of who you are. I should say it this way. It's a great start. It's flawed at taking you as far as you can go. That's much more gentle. And I do mean that. So personality assessments can start you, but they're not going to help you run through the tape. You know, the Buddhist definition of hell, meeting who you could have become at the end of your life, if you wouldn't have been in our language, proving or hiding. So, so I'll, I'll never forget 2008 waking up to the full potential of the flexible parts of who we are, this whole process of identity, of mindset, of limiting beliefs, of identity fear. I mean, I just remember so vividly because I was in the front room of our house and I looked up at the front door and I thought, if somebody showed up at the front door right now, I was like, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. You can change my life. It's like, we can do it. You know, it was such a visceral, real moment and I'm not over it. Second big moment. 
what exactly you're describing. And it's an image that, that plots uh, how people show up in this zone of genius. And when that first time I saw it, it, all of the consulting with companies just like came into full view where my intuition and gut was right and where it was wrong. It datatized all that in such a way. And that whole thing about eat your own dog food, like you're saying, I saw it for us and for our team and, you know, and I'm not over it. Those two things, you know, literally mean I can have conversations with leaders and so quickly we're into talking about how we can serve them because of the overflow of what I've been transformed by. Um, of course, I learned from you how to ask questions in a wise way using the wins model, which makes it even better. So then it's not just driven by my enthusiasm. But if you hear passion in my voice, uh, it's, it's because I, you know, I can't get over it yeah. over and yeah. over. And it's shaping now my daily approach to what are the skills I'm building and the tools that are around those skills on the foundation of the mindset, the trunk, uh, right. the root system of the who root. I am. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, for me, what I'm excited about is, you know, when I, when I started my career, the second half of my career, I was a trainer and I, I ran from it as quickly as I could or as, as soon as I recognized what little impact I was having on the people and the teams and the businesses that I was training, I would get 4.5, five out of five in terms of the experience, but going back to the organization three or six months later and not seeing a measurable impact on the organization really left me empty. Uh, and so what we're talking about today is really, um, representative of the search, right? For a way to have impact on an organization, because I know the leaders that we work with, they care about the commitments they make to their families, right? To their employer, to the people on their team, to the customers that they bring on board. They care about those commitments. And what they're looking for is a way to um, influence the people on their team, activate that team and move them forward, not just to achieve a simple revenue target, but to uh, reach and redefine their potential. And so how do yeah. you help a leader do that? What kind of, what kinds of um, mechanisms do you give them to do it? Well, we could, we start off with this idea of winning habits, organizing mindset, skill set, tool set, but now, now we can go deep into the root. Now we can go deep into the identity of the members of the team help them kind of understand that fixed and flexible component, help them work on that, become just aware of it. But you know, what's also really cool is we can take that awareness as individual salespeople. And now, of course, to your example, I can certainly apply it to an argument I might be having with my bride because I know now where she's coming from and she knows now where I'm coming from. We recognize the, the root of our positions on a topic and we can better understand each other. But you know what, dude, I can take that and I can use it to help me understand my customers. I can, oh. I can listen to the things my customers tell me they're worried about, and I can begin to understand their identity fears and the belief systems that those are creating for them. And I can better understand how to fit or match them to the solutions that I can bring to the table. I can also qualify yeah. them better. Maybe I can't help them, but it makes me more effective in every element of my, every area of my life. 
Absolutely. I mean, I still remember years ago walking a, an attorney through this and he was like, oh my gosh, this will change how I present to judges because hmm. A, you're not proving or hiding. It's coming from a place of truth. But B, you learn how to play a better game because you read what they, the judge wants to see. We're all giving these clues and signals. Um, it's It's dangerous information in a way. That's why we've got to do the root work to become healthy leaders first. So when we're not leading out of insecurity, we actually can do everything you're saying. It spills over into our bride, our customers, our clients. We transform the world around us. And this isn't just like pie in the sky thinking. This is real street level reality for what people need today. Um, we need, as our, as uh, you know, in, in our world, as you and I work with businesses and business leaders and sales leaders, we need more than ever to get a higher level of performance from the same team that we have without stressing them out, without pushing harder, without burning them out. People are exhausted. I don't, I don't want to bum us out. Let's just dose of reality, COVID, inflation, politics, stock market. I mean, we're just, it's been multiple, two years of news nonstop that's wore people down. And then you got everything right. with war. And, and so, you've used a word that is so key relax the tree only has one job be the tree and when that's an authentic being the tree when it's who you are coming out of that secure identity you're relaxing your way into your best performance you're going to do hard things you're going to do things that are uncomfortable you're going to challenge yourself to take bold steps that you might would want to retreat from so it's not a a cakewalk but it is the overflow. And that's the idea. Boom. Great conversation. Um, thank you. And uh, for our listeners, this is just an introduction to a bigger concept that we're going to lay on you uh, next episode. I can't wait. Thanks, Chris. Some pumped. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace. Peace.